like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. One of the gifts of doing Song of the Soul is that one good thing leads to another. And so my reward for my interview with Mandy Breeze a couple months ago is that today I'll be talking to her partner, Doug Kelly, who not only plays exquisite versions and revisions of folk songs new and old, but he has played over his 35-year career in music some really awesome multicultural or world music on a wide variety of instruments from a wide range of countries and centuries. You listeners may know that I'm an avid international folk dancer, and Doug, with his compatriots, have created some of the most innovative renditions of such tunes, spiced up with creativity and incredible talent. Doug currently lives in New South Wales, Australia, and he's joining us today from New South Wales by Skype. Doug, I'm really excited to have you here for Song of the Soul. Glad to be here, Mark. My interview with Mandy was two months ago almost now, and I had intended to get hold of you right away. My life's been busy. What's been happening in the past two months for you? Oh, we've had lots of changes in our personal life. We're selling our house, and we're uh, we're brought into a business with our son in Melbourne, so lots of changes for us. Big changes. Does this mean you're not going to be rural anymore? Well, we're actually going to be living in a bus. We've bought a Toyota Coaster bus, and we'll be traveling around in a bus, hopefully going to lots of music festivals and that type of thing, as well as looking around for where we're going to settle next. Part of the reason for being in the bus is not because of climate change and rising water levels or anything, is it? Yeah, well, one of our main reasons for moving from where we are, which has been a lovely place, one of the nicest places in Australia, the Northern Rivers of New South Wales, but it's just getting too hot in summer. So we're thinking a move south is the way to go for the future. And moving south, because I live in the north, if I move south, that gets warmer, but you're getting further from the equator by going that way. Yeah, when we go south, it's getting colder. We may even go all the way down to Tasmania, where I used to live. Yeah, you did used to live there. I remember Mandy commenting on that. And of the places I visited while in Australia back in 2006, it's what I considered the most beautiful area. Anything else draw you there? I lived there for 20 years. I mean, I've got lots of friends down there and I, I like the place. Mind you, they've just had terrible floods down there in the last week and it's been very touch and go. I want to check a little bit about both your ethnic and your musical influences, Doug. I know you've traveled a lot making your music, and world music certainly seems to be in your fingers and in your soul. What's your heritage? 
I'm a Kelly, so I've got Irish descent and some English. I think of myself as Irish descent mostly, but there is a bit of English and Scottish in there as well. And how long have your folks been landed in Australia? My first ancestor came out in the 1820s, so very soon after Australia was settled by Westerners. And certainly you've done Celtic music and various varieties of music, you know, starting from the British Isles, but moving east over Europe. Is music part of your family? Not really. When I was a kid, when we used to drive in the car down to Melbourne to visit the relatives, my mother used to sing and we used to sing in the car, but that's about it. Music hasn't been a big part in my family until I took it up. I mean, I played piano as a kid, piano lessons like lots of other people, but when I was about 18, I became serious about my music. That's I've done it ever since. Well, you are pretty serious about music. Let's get started with a sample. I hope we're going to go back in time and work up to the present. Does that work for you? That's a great way to go about it, yeah. So how shall we start your song of the soul, Doug? This first song, Aqua Servant, is a Spanish medieval tune that I learned from the Renaissance players, and we reinterpreted it and released it as a single, thinking that we could make some sort of hit record out of it. It didn't actually happen, but we got a, it didn't got a happen? bit of a, oh. Well, we did. We did. We did we, I've never made my millions out of music and don't expect to anymore, but we did dream back in those days. So th- this song features a medieval instrument that I play called the guitar, as well as the singing of Mara Keek, who is now quite well known through Europe. So we've got the voice of Mara, fine music, of course, by Doug Kelly. The group is called Tansy's Fancy, Aqua Servant.
folks. I think that for today's Song of the Soul with Doug Kelly, we're going to cover the largest span of centuries of any of my interviews. That one's from the 13th century. Aque Servan is the song, and it's performed by a group, Tansy's Fancy, back in 1983. They only had one recording, unfortunately, but how long was the group together, Doug? In one form or another, it's been going for 30 years, but I started it and was in it for about four years. At that stage, we travelled all over Australia. At one stage, we were doing 300 gigs a year, and we caught a time when multiculturalism was recognised in Australia. And the thing about Tansy's Fancy is it was a multicultural music band. It took on, you know, at first we had a jazz influence. You know, we mixed things up a bit. We didn't, if we played a medieval song, we'd add a saxophone to it, give it a bit of a jazz influence. And for a while, we had a whole run of playing with all different jazz saxophone players from Sydney and Melbourne. Later on, the band changed because we became very aware of all the different races and people and types of music that had moved to Australia. And in Sydney, it was a real melting pot of cultures. So we came into contact with Greek musicians, Arabic musicians, Macedonian musicians. And Tansy's Fancy went on to incorporate a lot of Eastern European music, which I'm not playing here today. We will see in one of the later tracks with the next band that I was in, Chiringa. Playing 300 gigs, they weren't all within Australia. They were traveling about. What country? Oh, no, Tansy's Fancy was all in Australia. It was? Oh. When I was with it. When I left, they started going to Europe quite regularly and playing over there. By that stage, they were just calling themselves Mara, but it was the same group of people. You grew up on rock music, I'm assuming? Yeah, when I was a teenager, I was a fan of Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and all that type of thing. And and then I developed an interest in jazz when I was probably 17 or 18. I listened to a lot of music by John Coltrane and Miles Davis and Archie Shepp and all those sorts of people, as well as always like the blues musicians. So give us another example of the music of your soul, Doug. What's up next? Okay, well, this next one's a song called The Blantyre Explosion, which I'm pretty sure is a Scottish song. It was written about a... I might be wrong about that, it might be northern England, about a, a town called Blantyre that had a huge mining disaster back some time ago and somebody wrote this song about it and it's just got a beautiful melody. I play the guitar on it again and it just is a song that I picked out because it expresses a period of Tansy's fancy, not so much with the jazz influence. This is more of a folk song, but, well, I just really like it. And it's nice the way folk music keeps elements of history alive. You know, this was a terrible disaster for the town. And it's remembered in this folk song and hopefully will never be forgotten because of it. Blantyre Explosion by Tansy's Fancy. Johnny. 
Charlie Murphy kind sir was my true love's name Twenty-one years of age full of youth and good looking to work down the mine as high blunt I came the wedding was fixed all the guests were invited that come summer evening young Johnny was slain the explosion was heard all the women and children with pale anxious faces made haste to the mine when the truth was made known the hills rang with their mourning 310 young miners were slain victims the light to their rest my guest for today's song of the soul is Doug Kelly he performs these days with his wife, Mandy Breeze. I had her on Song of the Soul a couple months back. Their website, where you want to track them down, is soundcolor.com. And color, spelled in the British, or Canadian way for that matter, C-O-L-O-U-R, soundcolor. And that song was Blantyre Explosion. It's actually from a mining disaster that happened back in Blantyre, Scotland, back in 18. 1877, 310 folks dead. These days we get offended when 25 people die, but I think there's a, a rich amount of disasters of the past where human life seemed to be so cheap. <laughs> and I'm kind of surprised, actually, Doug, that that one calls to your soul in some way. I guess, is that compassion, connection? Well, it's more history. Like folk songs... And even medieval songs have all told stories about things that actually happened. And before we had internet and television and all this sorts of things, it was folk songs was the way history was passed down in the oral tradition. So I've always been interested in that. And all the music I've played has had that element of oral tradition involved. You know, we may embellish it with modern and other styles, but the passing of music from one musician to another down through history, that's my main interest, I guess. And, that, and it connects me with our heritage and our past. With the number of instruments that you play, I would say that somehow music has riveted you. You said you started out by playing piano. Were you absorbed in music growing up as well? Uh, yes. I mean, I used to play all the time. Once I was 18, it became an obsession. I used to start practicing seven hours a day and um, forming bands and all this type of thing. So it's always been at the heart of my soul. 
you know, without music, my life would be, well, it wouldn't be empty because I've got a good relationship and everything, but the music and the relationships that I've had with friends and lovers and wives all goes together. Music is the essence of, of who I am. Can you imagine being married to someone who wasn't into music, didn't share that? Well, it would be hard. My, my last wife wasn't a musician as such. We did play a bit of music together and she was interested in music. I think in, in the end my music became a problem for her because I was away so much. But I'm certainly much happier now being married to Mandy, who I play music with. It just goes well together. I can't imagine being married to someone who had no interest in music, put it that way. Hmm. It makes sense to me. Of course, people do get shocked who they end up falling in love with. So you were at Tansy's Fancies for some years, and you did a lot of touring. You were really representatives in a significant way, I think, for Australia, cutting your teeth on this multicultural, what we probably call world music now. Yeah, it was the beginnings of world music. It was called multicultural music in those days, and then world music came along a bit later. And so where'd you go from Tansy's Fancy? Okay, well, I left Tansy's Fancy, and I got married to a Tasmanian girl and moved to Tasmania. And I had a period in Tasmania where I formed a bush dance band with my wife and we played around Tasmania a bit. But fairly soon I formed Turinga with some of the people that I'd been with in Tansy's Fancy with Lindsay Pollock. But let me check something, though. You said a bush dance band, and I, that's not terminology I'm used to. What does that mean? Oh, oh, in Australia, we have bush bands that do bush dances that, that play traditional Australian folk songs about shearers and bush rangers and all that sort of thing. So it's a tradition of getting together in a country hall or something like that, and you'll have a dance caller calling the dancers, and there's a group of dancers that have been danced over the last century in Australia. It got very popular in the 1980s because there was a huge revival of the traditional Australian songs. So we did that for a while. That was, it was a good way to get work. There was a lot of demand for it, so we did it. It sounds akin to what we might call a barn dance. A similar sort of thing. Different repertoire, but very similar concept. Uh-huh. Okay, so Churinga came out of that, and that's spelled C-H-U-R-I-N-G-A. And Churinga, I think I l looked it up. Definition, an object carved from wood or stone by Aboriginal tribes in central Australia. Yes, a sacred object. Yeah, and held to be sacred. So you're a part of a sacred object, so it's pretty good that this would be included for Song of the Soul. How did you pick out that name? Oh, it really just caught my ear. For a while, I was a bit worried about it because I thought the Aboriginal people in Australia might think that we've usurped the name. But, you know, given that it is a sacred object and I regard music as a fairly sacred thing, I've been comfortable with it and we've never copped any flack for it. But it was a worry for a while with political correctness and all that type of thing. So the way Turinga developed is Tansy's Fancy, through the influence of Lindsay Pollock, has started playing a lot of Macedonian folk music with the guide at the goat bag bagpipe. When Lindsay left Tansy's Fancy, I learned to play the guider. And so I was playing guider, you know, at every gig and loving it. And when Tansy's Fancy ended for me, I wanted to keep playing that music. So I got a booking thanks to a friend, John Bushby, at the Tasmanian Folk Festival, which is one of Australia's major folk festivals at that stage, to form a new band to play the Macedonian folk music, essentially. I asked Lindsay to join it, not playing guide this time, but playing saxophone. Tasmanian friend Paul Kerbin, who's also been in Sirocco at one stage, a very talented multi-instrumentalist, and 
my long-term friend Andrew Deteliger, who was in the first lineup of Tansy's Fancy and has followed me through with all the bands that you're hearing today. And so you've got a song for us by Tringa. Ah, yes, this one's called Pravo Trigisco. I can't actually tell you what it's about. I was never very good at translating the words. I was more taken by the sound than the words. A lot of the words, when you translate them, are about very simple village things, I believe. This one has the guide and the Macedonian goat bag bagpipe. And the thing that was interesting about this band was the interplay between the guider and the saxophone. There's a lot of interchange going on. Pravo Trajisco by Chiringa, chosen today for Song of the Soul by Doug Kelly.
Bravo Dragitsko is selected by Doug Kelly for today's Song of the Soul. It's performed by his group Chiringa, and I'm not quite sure I can place the year on that. I imagine it's in the later 80s. Okay, and that music really calls to me my favorite folk dance band locally, and I do international folk dancing every week. We have it here in Eau Claire, and I've traveled around the globe. As a matter of fact, that's what I was doing when I was in Australia, I was sharing international folk dance as a peace ministry with a Quaker group called the Friendly Folk Dancers. So that kind of music in Bravo, which is you know, Bulgarian dance music, it's a dance step, simple village thing that you would do. Do you also dance, or because you make music, do you, does that mean you don't get to get up and dance? Well, I was normally in the band, but we played at a lot of dances. After the bush dance sort of thing died down in Australia, the international folk dancing became very popular. We had a, n- a number of callers that travelled to Europe and, and learnt the dances, one in particular, Gary Dawson in Sydney. We played a lot of international dances with him and it became a very popular thing at the music festivals here and still is and certainly gave us a great opportunity to to play that type of music. So we learned songs from Macedonia, Bulgaria, Serbia, did some French ones, all dances from Europe. It was a flourishing scene. Folks, we're speaking with Doug Kelly here today for Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. We are on the web at northernspiritradio.org, where you'll find almost 11 years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find a place to connect up with our guests. So when you want to get a hold of Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly, you want to go through the website soundcolor.com, color spelled the British way, C-O-L-O-U-R, soundcolor.com. Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly continue much of the music on and, and their own varieties of it. Also on the NordenSpiritRadio.org website, you'll find a place to leave comments and read other people's comments. Please make our communication two-way by posting your comment when you visit. There's a place to make donations. That's how this full-time work is supported. We need your donations because it's not the corporations, not the governments paying us. We want this to be supported by the people. Even more important, though, than supporting Northern Spirit Radio is to support your local community radio station. Alternative sources of news and music, which don't serve corporations or the government's interests, are so important. And so local community radio stations in the U.S. are vital. Let's go with some more of your music right away, though, Doug. Let's get as much in as we can. What would you like to share next? Okay, well, after Tringa finished, it, it had a fairly short life, Tringa, a couple of years, because two of the members of Tringa were also in another very well-known band at the time, Sirocco, which is the band that's from the next track I'm going to play you. We had too many clashes of schedules and it just became unworkable. So we ended Turinga and not long after that I got invited to join Sirocco, which is really the band I've had the most success with over the years. This first track is called The Rant. It's off the Breath of Time album, which is my favourite Sirocco album out of about five or six that they've got. This one I play uh, French bagpipes and bombard as well as some keyboards. And it's got features the didgeridoo playing of Charlie McMahon from Guandana Land, which is a very well-known band in Australia for a while. It's a mix-up of styles and cultures, and I love it. <laughs> it's quite a mixture. It starts out pretty mellow and sweet and leads into some real bouncing, dancing, moving, hopping music. It's called Rant Part 1 by Sirocco.
Sirocco was the third band that Doug Kelly was part of along his musical performing career, 35 years now, I think. That's from their CD, The Breath of Time, the song Rant Part One by Sirocco. Given that there's Rant Part One, I'm assuming there's Rant Part Two, at least. Ah, uh, yes, there's a rant part to it uh, later on in the record. You mentioned playing the Bombard and the French bagpipes. Is that Breton influence, that, or is that other areas of France that comes from as well? Oh, well, the, the Bombard is the Breton influence, but Central France, I can't remember the name of the county, but it is an influence as well. But it, it's a tune. The thing about Sirocco is we weren't so much playing folk music, we composed all the music for Sirocco, so that was just a melody that I wrote on the bagpipes. So that is a melody that you wrote. That's why I was curious about if you write music as well as performing traditional such. The thing about Sirocco is we used lots of folk influences and ethnic influences, but the music was mostly written by either me or Andrew DeTelliger or both of us. We wrote the Breath of Our Time album in a session where he came to visit me in Tasmania and we had a couple of weeks in the studio and we wrote the whole album in that couple of weeks which is so much creativity that goes into it. I guess you assimilated enough music from all over that it's natural for you to create something which takes pieces from all different nations and different tunes, different instruments. How many instruments do you play or have you played? Oh, well, I've played a lot of instruments over the years. I mean, I've played the various bagpipes, keyboards, lots of different stringed instruments. But these days, I mostly I had a stroke six years ago and I've, I've lost some of my skills but I mostly play an Irish bazooki now which you'll hear in Simple Folk but that's one of my problems is I tend to have a concentration span that means I move from one thing to another. I'm a player of many but master of none really. I don't have that impression that you haven't mastered them. Some of the music that I've heard already today, I can recognize just the tremendous musical gift that you've got. And maybe I'm hearing the gift more than the mastery, but it's certainly impressive. Yeah, well, I've been blessed and I have put a lot of time and effort into it. You know, I, I do love my music. So I think you said that music has not been a full-time income for you. It hasn't been sufficient that way, or maybe I misheard you. Well, for about 20 years, I lived solely off music. The music industry back in Australia in the 1970s, 80s, it was good. You could earn a living at it. We never got rich, but we always had enough money to feed ourselves and to travel and to do all the things we needed to do. I think at the end of 20 years, I probably ended up just a little bit in debt. Since that time, the music industry is very tough now. I think it's the same in America. Um, it's very hard to earn a living wage out of music, and so basically most of us have given up. It's a very sad thing, but that's just the way it is. There's so many musicians now, all who are prepared to work for nothing half the time. It's just a very competitive industry now. So I've done lots of other things. When I got married in Tasmania, my wife was a doctor, so I managed to medical surgery for 10 years whilst I was still going away doing gigs and things, but you know, I had that going on. And then we bought a 2,000-acre farm in Tasmania and I became a farmer looking after sheep and cattle and growing opium poppies, of all things. And <laughs> it, it Was that for the medicine as well? Though? Yeah, no, they were in Tasmania's got a morphine industry, so you, you grow the poppies and it goes to the factory and they turn it into morphine. A little known fact around the world, but that's one of the big industries in Tasmania. That's one of the things I didn't visit while I was in Tasmania. We are mainly just around Hobart, but I imagine it's nearby there. Uh, I was in the north at Westbury, up in the northern end of Tasmania. You know, one of the things that I try and ask all of my guests, because I realize that for most musicians, 
music is in some way expression of their soul. But the spirit that informs who we are starts from when we're born. Since you didn't have a musical family, you probably had other kinds of spiritual influences in your life. What were they and what have they become over the course of your life? Well, I was brought up as a humanist, coming from a family that previously had been very strong Methodists. But my parents, well, they regarded themselves as humanists, which essentially means the way it panned out is they had essentially Christian values and morals and that Christian background, but they were atheists. And so I was brought up in that culture. And I guess I still describe myself as an agnostic. I got into mathematics at university and I came up with an equation that I've lived by ever since that God equals infinity. And that's the only way I can understand God is the infinite. And to me, that answers everything I need to know. And God equals infinity is my basic equation. The other law I live by is the law of karma, which I think is very similar to the, the Christian concept of reaping and sowing. What goes around comes around? Yeah, that type of thing. That served me very well. These days, my wife is a very devout Christian, and so I'm exposed a lot to Christianity, and I pray with her. I guess I'm heading more in that direction, but I'd still regard myself as a humanist. And right now, I need to look after some more of your music. What do you want to share next for Song of the Soul, Doug? And by the way, folks, we are speaking with Doug Kelly. Don't forget that name. Sound Color is the website. Color spelled British form, C-O-L-O-U-R, soundcolor.com. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org. Follow it from there. So what would you like to share? Okay, well, this next track, I think, is my favorite recording of anything I've ever done. It's called River. It was given that name because we'd started using sampling in our music on a keyboard sampler and there was a sample of a babbling brook and we just called it River. But this track was really quite amazing because it was recorded the first week that I was joined Sirocco and we went into a studio and I had one or two little ideas only and we just jammed this. This is just an improvised piece of music, not composed really at all. And it just went down to tape so beautifully and I just love it. It's River.
By the group Sirocco from the CD, The Breath of Time. The song is River, and that's the third major group you've heard that Doug Kelly has been part of, and he's sharing his song with the soul here today. It's quite amazing to me that that was improvised. I imagine there was some editing. Is that something that you could... No, there was no editing in that. It was mixed, but there was no... Well, a couple of overdubs. The Koto was overdubbed. That's about it. Is that something that you could perform live? Uh, probably not anymore. I haven't got the working keyboard anymore. No, it would be very hard to play live. Is that something that you were able to perform live in the day? Uh, we might have done it once or twice. No, it wasn't one of our regular live ones. That's improvisation and creating music, you know, jamming it. Of course, you know, there's groups like Grateful Dead who are famous for doing that all the time. Is that a style of music you'd play, or when you went out and performed, were you performing something that you have memorized? Most of our music had melodies that we knew, but there's always a lot of improvisation, particularly with the saxophones and all that. Our music wasn't jazz. It didn't sound like jazz, but we used a jazz approach to it, so there was always room for improvisation. That's one of the things that kept it interesting when you're playing so many gigs. Things would come out different every night. So that was Sirocco. I was looking up on the web trying to find Sirocco, and I found a group of three sisters who go under the name Sirocco. Yeah, and there's- no, there's, unfortunately, there's quite a few Siroccos. Sirocco in Australia ran for about 40 years all up. I was in it for about three and a half years. I did about three or four records with them. We travelled a lot internationally. I went to Russia with them and Korea and India, and the group's been all over the place. We got appointed by the Australian government for cultural exchange as representing Australian music, which was a very fortunate thing for us, and got to travel a lot with our music. 
I eventually had to leave the group because I had the farm and I had five children to look after and it just became too much. So unfortunately, I had to leave, which I do regret. I wish I'd been able to stay with it and have the long career that my friends have had. But nevertheless, they were three and a half really wonderful years I had with them. And and it's beautiful music that you've got. So we've heard two tunes by Sirocco and Doug Kelly's band, third major band that he was with. And I think you've got one more to go and to finish off your song of the soul. How do you want to end it, Doug? Well, this last song shows more where I am now. I met my lovely wife, Amanda, Mandy, and we had a common love of English folk music. So this is where Tansy's Fancy started doing English folk music and Irish folk music. So by this stage, I've come full circle and I'm really back where I started, but doing it with the woman that I love and I couldn't be happier. This track is an old, well-known song called Scarborough Fair that most people know through Simon and Garfunkel. The difference here is we use the original words. Or some of the original words. My understanding is that for Scarborough Fair, there's been endless, hundreds really, of verses, variations on it. Yeah, for sure. It's a a well-known folk song. And of course, rendered beautifully by Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly. It's wonderful music in all of your incarnations with Tansy's Fancy, with Chiringa, back with Sirocco, and now with Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly. And it's from the album Simple Folk. Thanks so much for taking the musical journey, sharing it with us, and making Australia wonderful by your music. Thanks so much, Doug. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. It's been a pleasure. I've got help today on production with Andrew Jansen. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Here is Doug Kelly and Mandy Breeze, Scarborough Fair. I see sage
for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song